What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Thrones, and I am your king in the West, King Dino Red. And guess who I got with me? My ride or die, my right hand, Sir Latone Hart. Lord Latone, headed over to Old Town because I'm trying to be Maester Mac Daddy, but right now, you know, I'm making the journey and my hood rat, she's never seen you know, address before, but but we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Game of Thrones, episode six, season six, it's starting to get thick. That's blood right. of my blood, blood of think? my I blood. I thought it was a DMX album, but no, <laughs> Thrones episode. I thought it was a quote from the Bible: "Blood of blood my blood, of flesh of my flesh." Like, exactly. Time for communion. Exactly. So, an interesting episode. Last week we had the whole emotional, action-packed Hodor. This week, we revisit some characters we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and it was a little bit slow, but it was still cool. It was really digging up some old storylines and bringing up some old characters that was kind of cool for me. Now, we start off in the north after Hodor is still holding the door and Mira is trying to be on Snow Dogs, getting her Iditarod on, <laughs> dragging Bran, you know, and I think Bran's probably bigger and heavier than her. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's without a doubt. And she's struggling. I know she wished she would have kept up with her CrossFit. But (laughs) all this time, Bran is binge watching all 10 episodes, 10 seasons of Game of Thrones on like double time. Like I do most podcasts and audio books. He's seeing the history of Westeros. He sees the Mad King. He's seeing Wildfire. What's that called? Wildfire. Wildfire, he's seeing a Night's King, <laughs> seeing his dad die, his mom die, his brother die. He's he, seeing everything. He's he, seeing Jamie stab the Mad King. I mean, he's seeing everything. I think that's what the Three Eye Raven downloaded into him before he left. Did you notice one other thing that he saw? He saw a bloody hand in his father's voice. It looks like it might be Lyanna Stark. Okay, something else. I'm not talking about that either. Dragons? Nope. Saw dragons. He saw something that we all knew, but he didn't know until now. Something we all knew, but he didn't know until now. Mm, all the way back to the first season. Oh, did Jamie push his ass out the tower? Uh-huh. That's it. That's right. Because remember, he he uh, was in a coma, and then he woke up and had amnesia and couldn't remember what happened. That's right. He forgot. He thought he failed all this time. 
Yeah, he got pushed out. He might remember that they were in there getting it on. Yeah. Incest is best. Exactly. <laughs> now, Mira and Bran are stuck. She can't she can't pull him no more. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the Walking Dead are running up on him. But all of a sudden, they're saved by Ghost Rider. <laughs> is this medieval Ghost Rider? Is this Nicolas Cage? He's got fire on chains and he's knocking down zombies and everything. He's killing know. them white walk. He's killing weights left and right, man. Yeah, and and it's we don't know who it is. His face is covered. We'll find out later because now the real the real drama's coming. Sam and Gilly are on the way to Horn Hill. Or what's it called? It's yeah. called Horn Hill. Yeah, Horn Hill. <coughs> and uh, I, I still this still like one of my. It's I want to it's my I don't dislike it, but it is one of my least favorite storylines, and I, I I don't need to spend as much time as we spent there. I'm definitely entertained by it. I'm definitely entertained by it because Gilly, she's going to Horn Hill. She's seeing grass and flowers, and she's happier than a hood rat with a room at Circus Circus in Vegas. Yes, I mean like wow. This is so nice and sophisticated. And it looks like Sam's family has that paper. It looks like they live in the Acropolis. Yeah. Makes Winterfell look like Baruch. Yeah, I was going to say that that uh, I heard uh, I heard Sam's father say that they were going to be on next season's uh, Westeros MTV Cribs. Yeah, because it looks nice. And come on, Sam. If you don't want your peeps to find out your bae is a wildling, you got to stop somewhere and get her like a little dress. You know, you know, Gilly's looking bad. And, you know, she's got the like she's been wearing burlap for like four seasons. Man, stop by and get her a little sundress like at the dollar store. Not not just burlap, but the same one burlap. <laughs> you got to at least get her something, you know, get her something from the second hand store or something with a, some blue in it or something. She's, you know, she's looking like is there's other colors. Yeah. Gilly and, and burn in uh, the high sparrow. Bernie Sanders, they shop at the same uh Westeros Ross, dressed for we less. Meet, we meet Sam's mom and his sister, and Sam's mom is like every grandma ever. She doesn't care who you bring home for Thanksgiving as long as the grandbaby's coming. Uh, oh, oh, nice to meet you. Give me the baby. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't care. But, you know, she's really nice. She's really nice. And Gilly doesn't even know her favorite color because, once again, all she wears is burlap. She didn't know that there was colors. <laughs> Then we get to meet the infamous, and this is one of my new favorite characters, Randall Tarley, because he is the Joe Jackson of Westeros. I mean, my man is pissed, and he hasn't even taken a bite of his food. <laughs> he hasn't even tasted his food yet, and he is pissed. He's looking like Sam is Michael Jackson. I'm going to beat your ass. Like, you're still fat. You've been at the wall. And Sam wants some more bread, and he's like, you know we're paleo around here. Put that fucking bread down. <laughs> Watch those carbs. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, Randall is going in. I mean, he's like Tywin Light. Like he's like, yeah. But then Gilly, she tags in like like on WWE, like she's ready to drop the DDT. Right. Fucks up. Yeah. Says on our way down to Castle Black. I knew she was gonna do that too. And I knew she was gonna do it the way that she did it. I knew she's gonna be defending uh defending Sam and end up spilling the beans, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, come on, Gilly. Well, why didn't you just say you used to fuck your dad, too? I mean, you're telling too much. <laughs> telling too much, man. You know, just, Pops is a 
a Westerosi orienteering champion. You know, he, he knows north, south, east, west. He knows where everything is. Hey, she's got to save some um, for breakfast combo. I guess, man. What else she going to Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> me and my dad, we, he sleeps with me and all my sisters. We have a good time. <laughs> and Joe Jackson rides him. He's like, man, your bitch is a wildling. You can make a <laughs> prostitute from your own man. You had to get a fail order bride immigrant. <laughs> yeah, he went in on Gilly. I don't like even though she caught all those insults he was slanging. Uh, Joe Jackson was slanging him because you know Gilly, she ain't the sharp. She's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So some of those insults might have gone over her head. Uh, she didn't get not- some of them. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. All like, of them. I was looking at her expression; it didn't even change. She was just like so worried about like which fork do I use. <laughs> I don't think she's ever used a fork. Right? He's like steadily calling her whores and bitches and everything else. And she's like, which which fork is this? <laughs> Just a salad fork or <laughs> Sam's brother. Sam's brother's name is Dickon. And Dickon, he's just kind of like, oh, there's no white walker. Okay, bitch, wait till you see them. I didn't even know he had a brother because he never mentioned him. Yeah, he does. He talked about his brother before. Really? And in the books, he talks about his brother. His brother is his father loves his brother more than him. He Obviously. said it when he first came to Castle Black. His father sent him to Castle Black because he didn't want to inherit. He didn't want him to get the land, and it was going to go to his brother. Uh, he was telling John that. Yeah. But Dickon's kind of sitting there chilling. There's no White Walkers. <laughs> wait. Just wait. Wait till they come, and you don't have the Valerian steel sword that Sam decided to steal. <laughs> now, I'm wondering, is he going to go to Old Town, or is he just going to... Go get a little apartment in the reach somewhere and just live out his days with his his side chick and his side baby. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be townies as uh, Sam commutes to and from community uh, oh, college. Okay. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I, that makes sense. That's a very Californian thing to do. I get it. <laughs> and now we must head to Bravos where a girl sneaks into the movies to see Game of Thrones on Broadway for the third time. <laughs> she loves seeing Joffrey die. She can't get enough. A girl is entertained. Yeah, she laughs like she's never seen it before. Yeah, she's like, ha, ha, ha. She's, and everyone else around her is like, oh, they're kind of sad. And she's like busting up. <laughs> Kill him again. Kill him again. One more time. <laughs> right. Arya's sitting there watching the Fox News presentation of Westeros history, which isn't bad. I mean, Tyrion is the ultimate villain in this play. Have you noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Everything wrong is Tyrion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then a girl poisons the drink. She meets her target, and Lady Crane says that her eyebrows are on fleek. <laughs> and then the girl tells her her name is Mercy, which was kind of a hint. You know, when someone compliments you, you don't want to really kill him anymore. And then you say, you know, my name's Mercy, which is what she ends up giving her. Mm-hmm. Because a girl is still a Stark, and Starks are bad at two things. Number one, they're terrible at pet care. And number two, they are terrible at following instructions. (laughs) All the Starks have problems following instructions. It gets them all in trouble. They're all supposed to do this, and they do the other thing, and it it fucks up everything. Yeah, well, plus two, I I think of it as her. She, like you said, she's still Arya Stark. She's been pretending to be a girl, right? I think she's the whole time she's been trying to... She's been faking the funk, trying to get through the uh, the, the assassin <coughs> training pro, the, 
the assassin training program so that once she graduates, she can go ahead and have these skills that she needs to finish her off her list. But I don't think she's ever really intended on being, you know, no one. But Man. hmm, she just kind of wants to go to school to learn how to like do this stuff. But she doesn't want to get the certificate or the degree. No, she don't want the religion. She's like, just show me how to kill people. Fuck all that religion. You keep the faceless guy shit to yourself. Show me how to steal a face. I'm just here to to learn a little bit. And I kind of did that at broadcasting school. Once I learned how to like work the board, I left. <laughs> learned how to work the board. So yeah, that's part of it. And then the other part of it is I think she just didn't want it. Like she was going to go through with it until she had that combo with homegirl and she had already kind of liked her. But then she <laughs> really started liking her after the conversation. And then she just was like, I'm not killing this chick because, you know, that little jealous bitch over there wants her spot. And you know what? I don't blame her. And I, I'm tired of uh, the faceless, the faceless men and their all their little hypocrisy or whatever. They come at you like you holier than now, like they're holier than now, and all that shit. And they're just nothing but glorified hitmen. They are hitmen. They're, they're basically that's all they are is hitmen. Right. And they're they'll go ahead and kill anybody if the price is right. And it doesn't even have to be that much because you know that little actress she don't have that much money. As long as somebody pay the price of whether they're going to kill somebody and then they want to be all holier than now about don't ask questions if you're a servant and all this kind of shit. Eh, fuck you. Like the military, man. It's like being in the Marines. You can't ask why we're going to Fallujah. Right. Well, fuck up the Arabs, God damn it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, I like the faceless man. I like the fact that they'll knock somebody off for five cents. But I'm, I'm mad at Arya. You dropped the contract. Like, you know, you can't drop the contract. And if you're going to quit your job and create your own startup, at least learn the business first. I mean, you know, at least learn how to take a face before you quit. Now, the waif who can't wait to snitch to Jackin, now they basically said, hey, kill her. And I wonder if Arya kills the waif, will it be okay? Because he said one way or another, a face will be added to the hall. Right. See, uh, everybody, everybody assumes that Arya is going to beat the waif. I'm not so sure. I mean, this is this is Game of Thrones after all. And it's not I mean, we predict stuff, but we don't predict never, stuff easily. Never know. That and that's that's pretty predictable. That's pretty much what we want to happen. That's pretty much and Grim George R.R. <gasps> R. Martin, he hardly ever does what we want. So, I'm afraid that this might be the end of Arya. Well, no. I wouldn't be surprised because usually when the Starks let their legendary honor and trying to have this false sense of morality about what's right and wrong, it usually bites them in the ass. Yeah. But here's a loophole. Doesn't Jacqueline still owe her a, a body? Remember, she told him he killed two people for her at Hall, and the last person he said to kill was him. And, and, she, and he said... A girl tells a man to kill himself. I cannot do. And he's like, well, then save me and my friends. So he, he still owes her one death. Hmm, interesting. And why did she why did she tell him to kill himself anyway? I don't remember that. Because she was being a Stark, an asshole. All the Starks are assholes. I've, I've always thought that they were the villains. All the Starks are jerks. They just, I think Grimm has just made it so like, hey, I'm going to make a bunch of villains, but I'm going to make everybody like them because that's what I like to do. I like to turn narratives on its head. I'm going to have to go back and look at that because there's got to be a, a reason why oh. she... No, she did it because she wanted him to kill Tywin, but he didn't kill Tywin. Then he had to kill somebody else to protect her while 
And then the last one, he's, I know you remember season two. Yeah. Ari said for him to kill himself. And instead of him killing himself, he killed a bunch of people to help Gendry and Hot Pie and her escape. No, no. I, re- I remember. I just can't remember the reason why she would ask him to kill himself when they've been helping each other and they were kind of striking, striking up this symbiotic relationship. It doesn't make sense that she would tell him to kill himself. And I, I can't remember what that because was about. She wanted to manipulate him. That's why she wanted to manipulate him to do what she wanted. She wanted, she wanted him because he had to kill like five or six people for them to escape. Mm-hmm. It was leverage. Yes, we got to move to King's Landing, and I'm excited because I'm ready to see Marjorie naked. <laughs> Not. Wait a minute. Her hair isn't cut. Nope. What the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, come on, man. What? What's going on? Marjorie. going to get naked. I thought her hair was going to be cut. I'm ready. Marjorie, I'm Marjorie, ready. Playing, Marjorie playing chess and everybody else playing checkers. Marjorie is playing goddamn Sudoku. <laughs> now the Tyrell army shows up and my boy Mace Tyrell shows up looking like Captain Crunch, but he's got training wheels on his horse. He looked like he looked like uh he looked like um Pops Williams from the Wayans brothers. <laughs> and then his, bang, 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 bang. And then his speech, you know, his speech excites his troops less than Somebody reading the Five Guys menu to a bunch of vegans. I mean, they're like, man. <laughs> Jamie's out there on his horse, you know, riding the horses up steps, which is pretty impressive with the crowd behind him. And Jamie realizes there's not going to be a Walk of Atonement. And watch that scene again. When he says that, Marjorie smirks. She knows there ain't going to be no Walk of Atonement because Tommen has been turned. Converted. Tommen and I, I said, man, Marjorie must have that Erica Badu because I mean I'm expecting Tommen to start wearing furry pants and shoulder pads, and <laughs> maybe dropping electric circus. May, who knows? Maybe Paisley. She must. She must put that surround sound on him, man. Good lord, because he comes out there with a whole new Kingsguard. They got the seven pointed star on it, and hey, the the crown and the faith are together. We're going to rule things just like all other medieval cultures. And we now in present time know how fucked up that is when you give the church too much power. But Tommen and King's Landing are going to have to learn for themselves here. Yeah. Yeah. Mark. I mean, Bernie Sparrow won all the super delegates. All did, of them. Did you see that smirk on his face? Like he looks so smug and arrogant. Like after Tommen came out, <laughs> like, yeah, bitches. <laughs> you know, he knew if they if they attacked, now the Tyrells and the Lannisters are going to be the villain of the people because the people, you know, the people like the Sparrow. He gives everybody free soup and shit. He says the poor people are equal to the rich people, so they they would have got mobbed if they did anything. And the Queen of Thorns, she showed up in her little carriage like she was gonna going to watch a a play, and once she got out there, she was like, "Damn, this motherfucker." Yeah. Then your boy Tommen releases Jamie from the Kingsguard. He's already drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, which is very similar to Joffrey releasing Sir Barristan Selmy from the Kingsguard. Remember that? Yes, I do. And now Jamie has to go to River Run, which puts him back on his plot where he's in the book, where he's with the Lannisters and he's taking over the Lannister house and he's back in River Run. But not before he gets a little bit of that. You mean the, t- you mean the Tullys? 
Yeah, the Tullys. Well, he he has to go to the Riverlands, the River Run. He's gonna, you know. But in the book, that's what he's doing. He's he's in the Riverlands. Right. And who else is headed to the Riverlands? Brienne. Brienne, <laughs> so <that's>, exactly. <coughs> Will that happen? I don't know. Tormund, uh, Tormund is going to have uh, something to say about that. A love triangle. <laughs> I don't think that triangle is going to happen. Uh, Jamie ain't feeling nobody but his sister. I don't know. I thought he was kind of liking Brienne a little bit. Like He liked her. I don't know if he's sexually attracted to her, but I think he like, he, that's my homegirl. Like, right. Girl. Yeah, yeah, he liked her as a person and a friend and all that, and he respected her, but he wasn't he wasn't trying to hit it. And this is a show of reunions. So all of a sudden, we're at the Twins, and my man, Salty Walter Frey, the Sandusky with a child bride, is still in the building. He looks like he's in the same seat from the Red Wedding. <laughs> looks like he's in the same outfit since the Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. Happened twelve year olds on the ass, just like at the red wedding. <laughs> and he's 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 trying to do his best to do his uh, Joe Jackson Tarley, and you know diss his kids, but he's just not as good as Joe. No, he, he's not. They let him take it back. Why did you let him escape the red wedding? <clears throat> but nobody is Joe. And what they're upset about is my boy Blackfish the God is taking River Run back. And, you know, they're a little upset because they were promised River Run after the Red Wedding. So we have another reunion. Lord Frey pulls up Edmure from his honeymoon dungeon. He's mm-hmm. gonna... Now, he is my who the hell is that of this week? Lord Edmure Tully. Do you know who that is? Of course. Who is it? <laughs> Please. That, um, he is uh, Catherine Stark's um, uncle. Catelyn. Catelyn, yeah. Yeah, Catelyn Stark's uncle. He is the great, or everybody says great, but it's, technically it's the grand uncle of all the Stark kids, Arya, Jon Snow, and all those, uh, uh, Sans and all those. Uh, he, Wrong. I said, who is Lord Edmure Tully? Oh. Oh, okay. He, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's still, he, that's still who he is. He's the little brother of, 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 uh, the little brother of um of uh the blackfish no he's actually catlin and lysa's little brother oh okay he's wait oh okay their little oh brother. okay right 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 right, right. Is the brother of their their father okay the blackfish is his uncle blackfish is his and catlin right so it's right sans and ari and all of them are his cousins yes yeah right so Edmure, he's actually the Lord of River Run because the girls can't be Lord. He was the Lord of River Run, and when Rob decided not to marry the Frey girl, they struck up a bargain saying, "Hey, we'll have my uncle, the Lord of River Run, marry one of your daughters, and that'll bring you into the family." That, they thought that would pacify Lord Frey, but it didn't. He's always hated the Tullys. He always thought the Tullys looked down on him. So during the Red Wedding, they did marry him to the Frey girl, and then they put him in the dungeon so that Lord Frey could run. River Run and the twins. So he's been in a dungeon right since, since the wedding. Right. And then Catelyn got killed. Lysa got pushed through the door. So the only Tully left there are the Blackfish who escaped and Edmure who's in the basement. So now they think they're going to use Edmure to make Blackfish leave the castle, like threaten to kill him or something. But Blackfish doesn't like him a whole lot. He's <laughs> <laughs> crazy about his nephew. Remember, he couldn't even light the fire. He's He's not even crazy about him, so we'll have to see what happens. But 
more people popping up that we haven't seen in a while. But we must head back to the north. And now we're going to learn that Ghost Rider is who? Benjamin Stark. The long lost Benjamin Stark. Haven't seen been seen since episode one, season one. Episode three of season one, actually, when he was with John on top of the wall. Oh, okay. Episode three. Okay. Benjamin Stark, who is the little brother of Ned. So we saw Catelyn's little brother. Now we see Ned's little brother. And he has dragon glass in his chest, too. Is this penicillin up across the north? Dragon glass in your chest is penicillin. That's what they use it for. It's if like, you get a sickness, put some dragon glass in your chest. It's that cess in your chest. It's the bomb. <laughs> now, I wanted to tell Bran, it's real convenient if you have an uncle you haven't seen in a while, come around on Memorial Day and light up a grill and pour you a drink. I mean, that's perfect, man. I'm not mad at you. But he tells Bran he's going to have to face the Night's King. He tells Bran that the Night's King is going to pass the wall because of him and that he's the only one that can face him. He's the only one that can defeat him. So now we learn Bran has to go to Castle Black to face the Night's King. And Bran is like, well, what the hell am I going to do? Like, and he was like, well, I guess Benjamin's going to teach him because Benjamin was like, you're the Raven now. <coughs> he even called him the Three-Eye Raven. Yeah, he did. So Bran's got, got some issues coming up. Speaking of Bran's issues and visions, did you see the Ecto Cooler, the, the, the dragon fire being poured and blew up under King's Landing? Yeah. I think... That's not the past. No, that's the future. Yeah, I got a theory about what's going to happen. Seriously going to burn shit down? That's my theory, but it's it's a little more detailed than that. (laughs) Before before we go there, let's go to Dothraki. It's white savior time. It's white savior time. Daenerys and Dario are leading a bunch of brown people, and they discuss how many ships they'll need to take the Seven Kingdoms, and how convenient. She needs a thousand ships. And Euron and his big dick are making a thousand shit. <laughs> and now I'm starting to think, damn, it's been 50 minutes on this episode and no one has died yet? No one. No one has died yet? Nope, not except the whites that uh, Uncle Benjamin slew. That's yeah, it. no one has died yet. That's it. <clears throat> the wh- I guess the whites are the only one. Yep. And of course, Khaleesi has a premonition. And she goes behind a mountain to see that Drogon's been parked there the whole time. <laughs> and I mean, damn, Drogon's been eating entire villages and doing push-ups because he is massive. Drogon has gotten big. Yes. Very big. And he's hollering and screaming. And Khaleesi decides to plagiarize all of Khal Drogo's speech to rally the Kalasar. <clears throat> but I noticed one thing. She said most of the speech, but Drago said he was going to rape all the bitches and knock down all the buildings. Yeah. She said everything in his speech except rape the bitches and knock down all the buildings. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the Kalasar are going to be like, hey, hey, are we, are we going to get some bitches? <laughs> They'd be like, Khaleesi, can we get some bitches? Yeah, they, they run on rape like a car run yeah. on gasoline. Yeah, that, that's, that's their lifeblood, man. They, they need, hey, can we, can we toss around a few chicks? What's going on? And I'm kind of getting tired, and, and you, as much as you dislike Sam, Daenerys' speeches and her whole plot, just come on. Somebody play that Oscar music or the music they played at the Grammys. To just get this moving. Get this moving. She is boring as hell. If she's not conquering and killing everyone, I can watch Game of Thrones without her scenes altogether. 
her storyline does drag. Uh, I don't really feel like it's her fault. I feel like it's the way that they're. It's like they're creating all this this drama to keep her from getting to Westeros to have you know saving it for the right time and all that stuff. So they manufacture all these reasons to keep her there, and so her story just feels like it's it feels repetitive and like she's right back where she started off six years ago over in the Dothraki Sea and all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But for the record, I don't hate Sam. I just I feel a similar way about his storyline. It's just not as interesting. And I could kind of it's like while Sam stuff is happening, I'm like, OK, what's going on with Arya or like what's going on in King's Landing? It's like other shit I'd rather see. Gilly is so stupid that I enjoy Sam. <laughs> now, I have a theory about that wildfire vision. I'm going to share it with you real quick. Now, this is not in the books. It's just my theory. Right. When Tommen said he wanted to speak to his mother after he met the Sparrow, Cersei put her hand on Tommen, and you see the ring that Joffrey wore. What I think is Loras cracked and told the Sparrow that they killed Joffrey. The Sparrow told Tommen, and Cersei knows. The reason I think that, again, is when Jamie is going off after Tommen releases him, he says, I'm going to get Bronn and I'm going to go down there and kill everybody. And Cersei is very calm and she, she goes up to him and they show another shot of her hand and you see Joffrey's ring. And she tells him, Jamie, that he needs to go to the Riverlands. She knows Jamie will never let the Mad King or her burn down all of King's Landing. She sent Jamie away for a reason. She's being calm for a reason. She wants the Queen of Thorns. She wants the Sparrow. She wants Marjorie. Everybody out thinking everything is okay. And I think Cersei's going to burn every fucking body up. She knows all the dragon fire is under there. She knows from when Tyrion did this shit. I think she's, I think she's really plotting to kill everybody that threw piss and shit. I think she's planning to burn down the whole city. If I can't have it, nobody can. Interesting. That might be how Tommen dies, too, because we know he's got to die this season. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Tommen will be upset once his mom burns everything down. And Tommen seems like the type of kid to kill himself. Who do you think is going to sit on the throne once Tommen's dead? I think Cersei's, Cersei doesn't give a fuck anymore. She's going to kill every she's going to try to kill everybody in King's Landing for, for her walk of atonement. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm just saying, though. Who do you think is going to... Oh, I don't think... I think probably Daenerys. It's a lot of people that think a Targaryen, you know, should be on the throne. A lot of people in the South and Dorne. It seems so like... It seems like but it seems like th- that those events will happen before... It, it just seems like the shit in, in King's Landing is scheduled to go down before <laughs> Daenerys even crosses the Narrow Sea. Well, remember Daenerys' vision in season two when she finally got to the the um, Iron Iron Throne and she was in the room and it looked like it was burned down and the and the the roof was off and there was snow all in there. Remember that? Oh yeah. I think she's gonna get there, but the shit's gonna be destroyed and the White Walkers are have have brought winter into the Seven Kingdoms anyway. Oh, puzzle pieces, man, puzzle pieces. Wow, nice. But that's just my theory. What's your quote of the week? That's a great, great theory. I have no quote of the week. I like Marjorie when she said, you know, 
for so long I was pretending to be one way, but it, it's it's something when you realize who you really are. I like that quote of the week. You have no quote of the week, Dino Red? Yeah, I know. I have no quote of the week. I like I couldn't really find anything that jumped out at me this episode. Not like, Joe, Joe Tarley saying, God damn it, that's enough bread, bitch. <laughs> Aren't you fat enough? That's my quote of the week. Aren't you fat enough already? <laughs> he said it looked like, Aren't you fat enough already? <laughs> I mean, that dude was pissed. He he never he never, you know, smiled, you know. Even his wife was really delightful. She was like, you you embarrass yourself. And he was like, mm, your mother's a good woman. God damn it. <laughs> Just grumpy as hell, man. Yeah. But yeah. he's one of the greatest generals in all of Westeros history. Robert Baratheon, I, I believe in episode two of season one, talked about how great Randall Tarley was and how he don't want to ever face him again. Well, Randall Tarley gets love, but man, that dude is mean. <laughs> yeah i I could do a spinoff with him man <laughs> for real i'd like to see like how he raised i'd like to see sam and dickon his little kids when they were when they were getting potty trained he was like what the fuck do you what are you doing you know shit in a diaper <laughs> it's probably just cruel man that dude was the worst and the kill of the week is gotta be uh uncle benjin taking out the whites because that's absolutely the only kill. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, unless you want to consider uh, Arya almost got a kill, but I guess that didn't go down. Yeah, almost doesn't count. <laughs> and why is she sitting in the dark with Needle? Does she think like she's going to have a battle in the in the dark or something? Uh, I don't know why she's sitting in the, I guess I guess she Feels like you might give her some sort of a surprise advantage or something. I don't know, uh, or maybe like she's about to pretend like she's going to be asleep or something and wait for the wait for. Uh, she didn't go back to the, the house black and white either. Where was she? she? Must just be in the street somewhere. She didn't go back. She didn't. No, she no. didn't go back to the house of black and white. Then where'd she have candles and all this kind of stuff? I mean, must be holed up outside. She didn't go back. I think she went back. A lot of people were saying this episode was a little slow, but that's because the the door with Hordor was pretty emotional and we got the White Walkers. But episodes seven, eight, and nine are usually crazy. So this was just a nice setup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Got a feeling it's going down these next two or three episodes. Definitely going down. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I'm I'm really worried about Arya. I I have a feeling that she's not long for this world. Everybody thinks that she's gonna kill this waif chick and all that, but I think Arya about to go bye bye. It's been long. Imeria's still alive, man. The dog gotta die before the, the start. Yeah, that ain't a rule. I think it is. No, it's not, cause uh, uh, Jon Snow died and 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 uh, uh, Ghost is still uh, alive and kicking. Well, Jon Snow is not a Stark. Ah, see, he's not a Stark. <sighs> yeah, that's true. But he still got a he still got oh. a wolf. Yeah, but he got the albino wolf because even Theon, when they found the wolves, he said, "Oh, look, there's even a little fucking <laughs> albino bitch ass wolf for you, Jon." <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
head was like, oh, there's five of them. And Theon was like, oh, for each one of your kids. Oh. And then the little little white one was under there. He's like, oh, look. And we don't, and, that, and we just because we haven't seen Nymeria die, we don't know that she's not dead. Well, we don't, we don't book know. readers know that Nymeria is in the Riverlands amassing a huge pack and kicking ass everywhere. Oh, uh, that's the books. The books don't count. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking, man, that's a rule. If your Stark dies, the dog dies. Mm. Even though Lady died, Lady died because Sansa's beliefs had to die eventually. Sansa had to stop believing in bullshit and Disney, the fairy tales, and Sansa believed in the Little Mermaid and you know. Yeah, beauty. but her her doggy died. She's still alive. Her doggy died because Nymeria ran. Nymeria's like, I'm not, I'm not getting fucking killed for biting Joffrey bitch ass. Well, yeah, because. Arya told her, like, run. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and their lives kind of parallel one another. Arya's kind of been out on the own as a lone wolf by herself for a while. And Nymeria's kind of a lone wolf. Yeah. So, find me at Latone Heart on Twitter and Facebook. This is the Pod of Thrones. Where can they find you, King Dino? They can find me on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. On Facebook, theshiznitshow.com, or on, well, not theshiznitshow.com, but Shiznit Show, or Red Rock Podcast Network, or Dino Red. I'm on all all those places at Facebook. And uh, if you want to send anything in, you can send it to theshiznitshow at gmail.com. Yeah, we didn't get any, any letters or any emails this week? Nope, not this week. We sure didn't. They don't want us to get spoiled. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. But I do want to say this though before we go, I wanted to give a special shout out to my little cousin JJ Jonathan Jennings. He is a big fan, huge supporter. Up, John. And uh appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the love, little cuz. Thanks for uh, holding it down for us. And until next week, we'll see you then. Winter is coming. Peace.